It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's the mailbag edition. How confident are you that Quazy and KOC are going after a quarterback? That and plenty more on today's Minnesota football party. Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota football party. And it starts now. Hello, hello. Happy Wednesday. It's the Minnesota Football Party's Mailbag Edition. I'm Sam Ekstrom. I'm at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. Joined by the usual co-hosts, Reggie Wilson, CARE 11 Sports Director and Anchor. He's at Reggie Wilson TV on Twitter. And Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman, our local draft guru here at Locked On Sports Minnesota, author of the NFL Draft Buzz newsletter. Better subscribe now. LockedOnPodcast.com slash newsletters. We got eight days until the NFL draft. And that NFL draft, it might come up on today's show as we go through your questions that you submitted on Twitter. We appreciate all of them. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, official sports betting partner of Locked On. Make every moment more at FanDuel, FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. Gentlemen, Let's jump right in. We got some good questions today, and I don't want to waste any time. Where do we start? How about we go back to the Quasi KOC pressers? We've had uh, optional off-season workouts for the Vikings. We had six-player press conferences this week. We had Quasi and KOC talking last week. And again, more questions about the quarterback position. The question from Andrew today to kick us off. After Quasi and KOC's press conference, does your gut tell you that they'll do their absolute best to go QB in round one or at least early in the draft. Reggie Wilson, what is your gut telling you? My gut is telling me I have no freaking idea because these dudes just never give you much of anything. It's just hard to know what they're thinking because when you ask them a question, you could say, hey, what's your favorite sandwich? And they'll say, well, you know, there's a lot of different options and and combinations that you can go with out there. You got so many different kind of meats that you can put on. Then don't forget about the vegan options. I've had some really vegan, really great vegan options as well for a sandwich. It's just, you know, there's so many things to look at, so many things to try to understand when you thought when you think about going after a sandwich. And it's just like, just answer the question. But at the end of the day, Reg, we're not going to limit ourselves to just one. Sandwich. Right? Exactly. What is the time horizon of the sandwich to a yeah. turkey club when I've got a BLT over here that I got the same grade on? You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like you, you gotta you gotta look at the particulars, and there are a lot of different numbers that back up a lot of different things about different sandwiches. And so, I think that that's like the epitome of it's like 
they've been burned or something before by like speaking the absolute truth or, or speaking their mind, saying what's real. Mm-hmm. And now they are just resound to just not giving you much of anything. It's just so funny, like coming back after some of these pressers and thinking about putting some things together uh, to to inform the people of what it is that, you know, was the synopsis of what they are talking about. And you go back and you listen through to the press conferences and you're just like, I don't know what I'm going to put in this sports cast. And so knowing that I have no idea because they've kind of, you know, they've kind of leaned towards like, Hey, you got to have some type of quarterback of the future. You know, it'd be ideal to have someone behind Kirk that you can develop. But then it's just like, but yeah, we actually, you know, we love Kirk and all that he does and what he brings to the table. And it's like, well, could they, could they long-term be interested in extending Kirk again? Like depending on what happens this year, like, I have no idea. It's the most confusing thing ever. Luke Inman, if you go to FanDuel right now, you can get the Vikings taking a quarterback first at plus 600. Seems like a pretty juicy bet to me. Seems like a a, a ton of value there, Sam. Just before this most recent presser, I would have thought that would have been at about plus 250, plus 350 at most, something like that. So sometimes you almost have to take that into consideration as well because more times than not, Vegas is usually pretty scary accurate when it comes to this stuff. How do they know? How do they know? I have no idea. They must have their own insiders, you know, behind the scenes going on as well. But just to kind of echo Reggie, like honestly, the more I listen back to that presser, they both talk a lot about, yeah, in a perfect world, it would be great to have that guy in the building and have that succession plan set in stone. But then KOC says specifically after that, you're not going to sacrifice bringing in the right guy just to do that. You're not just going to bring in a guy just because that's the ideal situation because there's just so much importance on that position on which player you pick. There's really no room for error there. So basically what I got out of it is you're not just going to take a guy just to take a guy so you can let him sit behind Kirk for a year. So I think that comes down to who does KOC love? Who's his guy? Has he fallen in love with any of these quarterbacks so far throughout the pre-draft process at all. Maybe he does love Hendon Hooker or Will Levis, but they won't overreach just to get a guy in this year. They want to make sure when they do finally make that decision, when they finally pull the trigger, it's the right guy that they believe will be the successor for the next, hopefully, decade. And then also interesting, too, just going back and listening to that presser a couple times. Kwesi was asked about moving back and gaining more picks, which has obviously been a hot topic. In fact, I think it was Kevin Seifert from ESPN was asked, hey, rank these draft options in order, one, two, three, four. Trading back, he put at number one. And I think Kwesi, every time this gets brought up, he loves to mention last year's class and how they drafted 10 guys and how a lot of these guys – they just have a lot more faith and confidence in than maybe, you know, like the mainstream media things or, you know, some surface level fans may assume. I swear he brings it up every time he can. And it tells me they're really banking on guys like Lewisine, Andrew Booth, you know, Asamoa, Jalen Naylor, all those guys, etc. And because the fact they had such a, a huge class from a quantity perspective last year. It feels like more and more, to me anyways, 
he won't be pressured into moving back just to do so, just because they don't have a second round pick. So instead, I think, and I think he, he, you know, verbatim said this, they're looking at more impactful guys with pick 23. Is there a guy they love and that they think can be a legitimate kind of day one type of starter? Or it could also mean they aren't opposed to moving up, even though they don't have a ton of ammo and kind of go get their guys if they fall in love with not necessarily just a quarterback, but any of those prospects, maybe a guy like Joey Porter Jr., who knows? Because, again, after drafting so many guys last year, when you stack that on top of this year's class, he feels, just listening to him speak at that presser, he feels now at this point they'd rather target more quality than run it back with more quantity, run it back with 10 more draft picks. I thought that was really interesting, and I don't know what you guys think. That's a huge gamble, kind of, when I think back to, so you're banking on Lewisine and you know a guy like Andrew Booth, and obviously they know a lot more about it than we do. But Andrew Booth, Sam, you and I have talked about it. I don't know if this guy's played a full year of football, healthy football, going all the way back to high school. And obviously Lewis seems yeah. to have a terrible leg injury. I don't know if that's who I want to put all my chips into, if I'm being honest. I want to spread some more picks around and just make sure I have some insurance policy, but we'll see. But yeah, it's tough to glean exactly what's smoke and what's real when these guys go up to the podium. Um, I have an idea for the Vikings Entertainment Network. Maybe I'll I'll pass this on to Lindsey Young and Gabe Henderson. There's only six episodes left of Succession, in theory, but I think I think the Ven could put together a season five. I think the I Kirk it. Cousins Succession, uh, might might be a lot of fun. Nick Mullins can be like Connor Roy. Kirk can be Logan, obviously. Hmm. Um, and maybe he'll start like swearing a lot more. Um, but I, I, I think that there's some possibilities here. I think there's a lot of smoke and it, it's tough to glean. Like Reggie said, they say a lot of words, but there are very subtle acknowledgements over time that sort of add up to me to be like a very small fire, like crazy at the combine acknowledging that basically giving Kirk like the lowest common denominator of praise and saying, well, like he fulfills, I don't know what the quote was. He fulfills a, a need or he fulfills a certain need, but he didn't go as far to say as like, he's our guy. Um, he acknowledged that it'd be nice to have the guy in the building for a year to learn. Uh, the, the VEN ha has gone out and they've said as much to say that Kirk Cousins future is uncertain after this year. Uh, they apparently denied Kirk's extension. So, I mean, guys, 50% chance that it's this year, 50% chance that it's next year, but they are going to get one somehow, like some way. So I tend to think it's this year. I tend to think that you address the issue now while you can, and you can have that quarterback in the building. Um, I just have a weird gut feeling about it. My gut, and that was the question, my gut is telling me, yes, that this is the year. Um, I just don't know how, if it's a trade up, a stay put or a trade back situation. That's what I don't have quite the instinct on. Personally, I, Sam, yeah. if you want my opinion and just my mm -hmm. gut of how this draft is going to unfold with these quarterbacks specifically, I see no way, despite the rumors that Houston doesn't take a quarterback at two. So now that's one and two, bang, bang. I think Arizona is going to do everything they can, even taking a, a far lesser, cheaper deal to move out of three and have a team like Tennessee or the Raiders or Washington. Could be anybody, Tampa, who knows? Any team that still needs a quarterback, 
to jump up to three. Indy has to take a quarterback. They're in serious trouble if Chris Ballard doesn't draft a quarterback. That's four quarterbacks in the first four picks, first time in NFL draft history. So now everybody looks around and says, all right, who's going to draft Hendon Hooker? And all of a sudden, you got to get through another mini gauntlet of teams like Seattle's second pick, Detroit's second pick, teams like Tampa as well, teams moving up. I don't know. If Hendon Hooker's even going to be on the clock at pick 23, I think he got to yeah. move up is my point if you want one of these big five quarterbacks. And, and maybe very high. And, and you said this in the newsletter this week. You think it could be bang, 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 bang quarterbacks to start things off. I'm looking at FanDuel right now. The Vikings are favorites to select Hendon Hooker. They're plus 500. That's the number wow. one team. Uh, and they're plus 1,600 to take Anthony Richardson. That is fifth on the list. How about so Will they, Levis? They, it feels what, like if it's not Hooker, maybe Levis was the guy who could fall a little bit, it sounds like, over the yeah, next Yeah, they know, are plus 2,500 to take wow. Levis, which is seventh on the list. So you can find all of that at FanDuel, fanduel.com slash locked on. They've got draft props, NBA playoff odds, NHL playoff odds. Right now, tonight, we got Twins, Wolves, and Wild. You could do a Minnesota parlay. At FanDuel, FanDuel.com slash locked on. If you're a new customer, you want to do that Minnesota parlay, you can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So you make the bet. Let's say the Twins blow another extra inning lead at Fenway. You lose. Well, you, you don't lose. You get another chance. You get those bonus bets back. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, which is safe, secure, and easy to use. Check out those same game parlays as well. Stack the bets up within the same game, same game parlay, or add a bet from another game, and that's a same game parlay plus. FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Make every moment more at FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. We move on with the questions. Um, how about a fun one? Well, let's uh, incorporate the wild here. Which Vikings player should the wild sign to beat up Ryan Suter if he keeps cross-checking Kaprizov? Thank you for the question, Matt. Um, I know he's hurt coming off injury, but Lewis Seen would be a great candidate to just deck somebody, I think. He, he would, he'd be able to check into the boards. I don't know about the fist fight aspect, though. You'll have to help me out there. Who could, who could drop the gloves with Suter? We're talking about an assassin now, right? Who's the John Wick? We need yeah. a John Wick. Who's the hitman? Who's the hit man? Well, you just said it. A man who, by it. theory, hits <laughs> Harry the hitman. Easy choice. Next question. Reggie, what do you think? <laughs> I'm going to go either. No, no, no. I'm going to Neil Hunter. Oh. Ooh. Just silent is scary. Yeah, he's scary. <laughs> he's, a, he's a scary man. He's the dude who just shows up stealthy, and you're just like, oh, my God. And then, boom, you're you're out. So, yeah. I would like to see, uh, maybe he's a beautiful skater, but I doubt it. Like, I'm trying to imagine Daniil Hunter on skates, um, and I'm I'm struggling. <laughs> like, he's just, you don't see skaters that tall you just, and that no. large. But he's an athlete, fluid. Uh, he could probably pull it off. That's hilarious. I also thought Brian Asamoa could kind of like, he That'd could, be a good one. And I, I'm thinking more of just like decking a guy, mm -hmm. you know, you know, smashing him against the board. Just a bullet train. Yeah. Just get him going, couple strides mm -hmm. in, and just lay the lay the big stick on. I could see it. Yeah. Asamo is a good one. That's a sneaky one. Uh how crazy is from Andrew. How crazy would the riot be if the Vikings draft John Michael Schmitz to play center and move Bradbury 
to right guard. So apparently this would be a riot. Like I assume this is a bad riot that Andrew's alluding to. Um, I mean, it's not the worst. I, I don't think it would be like a, like our country just won the world cup kind of riot. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't think it's like the craziest, thing in the world i'm all for just drafting good football players now Mm -hmm. hopefully if you tell me we drafted jms that we moved back a little bit maybe you know the the top of the second round and got some extra picks i don't think the value is necessarily there at pick 23 with your first pick but you know all offseason we talked about you know bradbury's not necessarily a cornerstone or core player one of those players in your your young nucleus at this point a lot of debate whether they would go sign a free agent or draft a guy to replace him so I think a lot of people were fine they, they were okay with him you know coming back and signing that three-year deal but certainly there's some room for improvement um, I don't think that's a big shocker so I'm all for just drafting good football players I think John Michael Schmitz from the Minnesota Gophers is the best center in this class and I think it would be whether it's year one or year three, eventually a huge upgrade from Garrett Bradbury. Yeah, Reg, Bradbury talked the other day, and he said, well, we've got 11 of 12 offensive linemen back from last year's team, and they're kind of banking on continuity, but it was not a good offensive line for the infinity year in a row. They struggled in that area, and they didn't really address it at all. They they didn't bring anybody new in, so... Uh, are we overlooking offensive line potentially as a, a spot of need? No, I don't think so. I, I think um, what the Vikings are probably banking on is just another year in the system, another year of getting coached up. Like th- they weren't awful. Like there was some times where, you know, at right guard, it was really a problem. And I think between Bradbury and Ed Ingram, fans really were just landed on thick for those two guys. And Bradbury had a pretty good year last year. But I think it's an indictment on Ed Ingram that they are already talking about moving a guy that, that fans have been much maligned on to another guy. Like just having <laughs> having Bradbury take over for Ed Ingram is is – that is one Minnesota thing right there. It's just like, you know, we don't really care for Bradbury much, but yeah, at least have him put him in there for Ingram. It's just like, dang, like, look, Ingram struggled last year. Can't even make anything like up can't to, to try to, yeah, he, he struggled. But honestly, I think give him another year. You know, Darisaw wasn't the best as a rookie as well. And, and I mean, he created Darisaw Island last year. Up until those injuries, like the dude was one of the best Mm. left tackles in football. And so I think across the board, maybe you think you're a little shaky at center. Maybe you think you're shaky at right guard. But I think the Vikings are banking that, you know, I think one thing Luke kind of brought this up, even with the, the draft class from last year. This new regime is confident in themselves, like they're confident in their ability to have made good decisions, stick by those decisions, and they are going to fare them well. So just like the draft picks, they're like, look, we drafted 10 guys last year. We're expecting them to be impact players this year. Maybe it's fool's goal to think that, but maybe maybe it's something to be said about them being confident about the people that they have, the people that they are investing in. Maybe that that's something that they want to see through. 
I guess, I mean, you can either trust them or you or you don't as a fan. And I guess fans are like, ah, John Michael Smith might be an upgrade. I don't know about that one. Just try to draft that guy. Push but comes maybe to shove. It, uh, so, sorry, sorry, Reggie. Push comes to shove. Are you going to change a guy's position who you signed to a three-year deal, who's been your center for four years? I don't think so. Like, I don't think you sign a guy to a long-term extension if you felt like you needed to change his position. Exactly. But, but take so if you take that part out, I think that John Michael Schmitz might be one of the guys that could legitimately help your football team this year. It would just be a, an, a really odd decision to make based on the commitment you made to Bradbury. Like, yeah. I, I think that I think you could actually. I think Schmitz could play right away, right, Luke? Isn't that kind of the hundred percent plug him? and play yeah. day one starter for sure? Yeah. In my opinion, anyways, kind of comparable to the Tyler Lindenbaum that Ravens drafted at the end of round one last year. It was super solid out of Iowa. Um, here's what's frustrating, and here's why fans have every right to just want to pull their hair out. They've invested starting on this offensive line, the starters, two first round picks and three second round picks. And usually you get what you pay for. And I get it. Not every draft pick works out, but it's not a lack of not trying and not investing early round picks in some of these guys. And two of them just happen to be Pro Bowl type tackles, arguably the most important positions on the line. And for whatever reason, they still have a subpar, sub-average uh, offensive line, at least you know last year compared to all expectations. So um, it, it's just kind of a head scratch, you know. Obviously, Bradbury probably didn't pan out or live up to a first-round expectation. Reggie mentioned it. Ed Ingram, give him another year. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. I still think he could be good with another year or two under his belt. And then Ezra Cleveland's just kind of the wild card. It feels like flashes a little bit one week, maybe dips back down a little bit the next week but a second round pick who um i think for all intents purposes has, has been pretty solid i don't think he's necessarily the weak link but then you know i go look at just for example pff grades and it tells me ezra cleveland was one of the worst offensive linemen for the vikings that week so i just don't know what to think but it's specifically it's the interior offensive line that just needs more consistency and like you said sam Hopefully what Bradbury mentioned at the presser, hopefully that this continuity bringing 11 of 12 guys back will help that this year. Well, let's tweak the scenario just a little bit. What if you draft JMS and what if he's the guy that moves and he's the successor to Ezra Cleveland, who's in a contract year? So then you've got the rookie deal for five years um, versus paying Ezra Cleveland, who you're not really sure if he's elite or not. You don't want to pay him uh, free agent money. That's a possibility as well. Yeah, and if you, you want you know, to go that it, route, knowing that you have that flexibility and versatility. If Bradbury were to ever go down, probably a more important position, obviously, yeah. that center quarterback exchange. You got a center that can just plug and play and step in. And then in those three years when Bradbury leaves, you got your guy, your successor, anyways, right there at center, too. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I forgot Ezra was on a, a contract year, more importantly. So glad to call yeah. that out. No, no doubt about it. Um, make sure to find that NFL Draft Buzz newsletter, by the way. Luke Inman authors it. LockedOnPodcast.com slash newsletters to subscribe for free. And also on tomorrow's Minnesota football party, Luke Braun, Arif Hassan, rejoin, where we're going to spend some theoretical dollars on FanDuel. I think that's going to be a lot of fun uh, NFL Draft related. We got a couple more questions from Sam and Nick. From Sam, how many teams in the NFL – would you swap the Vikings entire roster for and feel happy about it? Well, guys, I'm going to be honest. 
I think the better question might be who wouldn't you swap mm-hmm. with? Because I think it might be a majority where you would. Now, you you do need to, I think, tweak tweak it just a little bit because, of course, you're going to swap with teams that have elite quarterbacks. Of course, you're going to swap with the Chiefs. Of course, you're going to swap with the Bills and the Chargers. Philly, so, Cincy. But, yeah. but like, let's think about this really. Like, Think about every player being weighted equally. Um who would you exchange well, with? Who wouldn't you exchange with? Here, here's a question. Do I get their draft picks this year as well? Because teams like Seattle <laughs> and Detroit have so many early picks, especially, you know, me. Well, you don't guy. get to make the decisions, but I guess, yeah, let's say you do. Let's say. Oh, my do. gosh. Then Detroit and Seattle for sure would be up yeah. there. The New York Jets, because they just crushed last year's draft. They got two second rounders this year as well, plus mm-hmm. the first. So a lot of draft capital. Maybe the number one defense in the league, by the way, that Robert Salas built. So those three teams right away. And then again, just knowing me, the draft nerd that I am, put a lot of extra stock into the draft pick. Maybe even Carolina, who sneakily has a great defense right now. A lot of young core pieces. And they got the number one overall pick. So, um, I, I, yeah, you're right, Sam. It, I think there's more teams that I would than I wouldn't. You kind of got to sit here and go team by team, though. And, again, you can start right at the top with all the teams with elite quarterbacks, too. You mentioned KC, Philly, Cincy, the Chargers, Buffalo, even the Jags with Trevor Lawrence I would take most likely. And, and I think that it's a little different if you were just swapping offenses versus mm-hmm. the full roster because the Vikings' defense is clearly the unit that, it, that that's holding them back here. Reggie, your thoughts? Yeah, I think what's scary about this scenario is it's easy to say you'd swap because there are a lot of, you know how there are some teams like as their roster stands, you're like, oh, I feel good about this. But there's still so many things like up in the air, like what are they going to do about Dalvin Cook? Now Daniil Hunter doesn't show up for voluntary workouts. Like there are some key pieces that you're like, I don't really know. Like they still got some salary cap things to resolve as well and you look at the defense and they brought in Brian Flores and you're excited about that that's one of the reasons why Harry said that he's coming back for his 12th year in Minnesota but then you you kind of think like okay like you you got some pieces that you're really going to be gambling on you know Lewis Singh coming back from injury Andrew Booth coming back from injury you know you, you signed Byron Murphy you, you feel okay but then you look at other other rosters. Think about a team like the Dolphins. Like, would you not want that roster over the one that that is here in Minnesota? Like, you're excited about the offense. You like Justin Jefferson. You like KJ Osborne, Hawkinson, Madison. If Cook comes back, I don't know. But you look at a team like the Dolphins, and man, they're just they're stacked. You know, and they just traded for Jalen Ramsey and they got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle on offense. You're just like, whoo, that that's a team that, you know, maybe you're not all that sold on Tua, you know, but man, with all those weapons, like you can make something happen. And Mike McDaniel is is seemingly a very, very competent head coach as well. That that's a team I kind of think about outside of like the obvious ones with the QBs. 
um, that Luke mentioned. But yeah, the Dolphins seem like an intriguing team. That, that's a great one, yeah. Reg. That would be near the top of my list. Like Sam said, if we weight all these players equally, uh, that would be very enticing. They just traded for Bradley Chubb last year, too. Another young defensive core player, too. Let me ask you guys this. How about just the NFC North? Keeping the draft picks, keeping the free agency money. Remember, Chicago has the most free agency money to play with than any other team, or I should say cap space than any other team. And I'm sure they'll have top five cap space next year, too, with Justin Fields on a rookie quarterback deal. They got early picks as well. They just stockpiled and got a King's Ransom from the Carolina Panthers and DJ Moore as well on top of that. But NFC North, is there any of these three teams, Detroit, Chicago, or Green Bay? Detroit, I'm swapping. Confidently? I'm swapping Detroit, de- I would, with sure. Detroit, and that's it. Uh, that's it. I don't think Gr- Green Bay's offense looks so much worse without Rodgers. Like, do you think that Rod, but are Watson and Dubs going to have as high a potential without him? I doubt it. Well, here's um, the question in Green Bay. Ari's getting old. Is Jordan Love good? Do we know if Jordan Love is good or not? Yeah. Do we know? Uh, I'm Who not knows? saying he is. I'm not saying he isn't. It's right. just, do we know if he's any good? Because I think everybody's just assuming that he's going to be at least pretty good, like a high floor. I'm just not sure. I, I have no idea. That's something that uh, I'm I'm very intrigued and curious to find out about this year. But I'm with you. Detroit for sure. And and I don't know what happened to that Packers defense last year. Wasn't nearly as good as it should have been. Maybe they'll bounce back this year. Um, Like if they get a corner, if they get one of the top cornerbacks, Luke, to go with Alexander, um, that secondary that's trouble. Be really good. That's trouble. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, last one, guys, from Nick. If you could trade the Vikings' first round pick this year for another team's first next year, would you consider it? If that team might be a top five pick and get a shot at Caleb Williams in next year's draft. Um, I mean, so, so in that scenario, you would need a team to probably trade up from early in the second round, a team that's not very good to get your 23rd pick. And then you'd pick swap for with next year's pick big gamble. I mean, big, big gamble to do that and, and kind of pray for a top 10 or top five pick. I, I don't think I would, unless I also got something of value this year. Well, that's that's the biggest wild card I was going to ask you. Like anytime you trade a current draft pick for a future pick, you always get extra capital. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing it. So mm-hmm. assuming you're getting even just a little bit of extra picks on top, whether it's just, you know, a third and a fifth this year, whatever it may be. Honestly, I think I would do that in a heartbeat because yeah. I think Caleb Williams from USU just won the Heisman and Drake May from North Carolina from everything I've seen. I, I just think they're going to be the top two picks next year. And mm. if you stacked them on top of this year's group of quarterbacks, I think they'd both be the top two quarterbacks taken this year as well. That's how good those guys are. So having a shot at either one of those guys and knowing even if I didn't get the first pick, but maybe I still got the second pick at the very least, I think I would do that in a heartbeat personally. And and looking at teams who could be at the bottom again next year, I'd say Houston I'd probably trade with. I think they'll be bad again, no matter who they draft here. I think they're a long ways away. If Indy doesn't draft a quarterback with that fourth pick, I think they're in a ton of trouble. But Arizona, I don't know what you guys think. Arizona, I think, has to be my number one choice. They stink, man. They'll be picking top three next year no matter what. I think Jordan next- Hicks taking shots at the organization yesterday too i don't know if you heard that but uh it's a mess 
Yeah, feed your players, will you? Let's just start there. Feed your players for free, will you? I think next year, we talk about Marvin Harrison Jr. a lot. I think the top three picks next year, vault me on this. Play this back. Let's just see how wrong I am. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Marvin Harrison Jr., your top three picks. One, two, three next year. Can't disagree with you. I mean, I don't know. Chris Ottman Bell might be up there too. He's oh, going to be, of course. Like the, well, yeah, that was a given. He's, he's but uh, yeah, Reg. What do you think about this? You want you want to take a gamble on next year's first round pick? No, because nothing's certain. Like, I hate to be this guy, but like these guys could like blow out their like Caleb Williams the way that he plays. He could blow out his knee or something like, and now you're you're looking at a guy like that to you know you can't nothing is ever given. You know, you'd like to think that everything is just going to be all good and, and all that. But, like, you can't take a chance on next year. You you kind of have to play your cards for, for this year because, look, this team needs help right now. This team needs help today. And they already don't have a second-round pick. And I, I, I'm kind of with you, Sam. Like, if we have some assurances that they are going to maybe net at least another – pick for this year like a second round pick or something like that maybe i think about it mm-hmm. but I, I don't know i don't know i think in theory it makes sense to most fans because they're like okay they still got another year of Kirk cousins so like if they have to wait it out for a quarterback next year and you get like the the top guys the pick of the litter then sure but there are just no assurances and with the parity in the nfl you just never know like yeah, Arizona may may be bad next year, but they could surprise people. Jonathan Gannon with his, you know, all that stuff that he was doing, like he could he could end up being like a a, a good head coach and and get those guys to the playoffs. I, I doubt it, but you know, it could happen. There's just so many things that you can't account for that you're just assuming, and that just doesn't make me feel all that confident about waiting until next year. Mm-hmm. So here are two possibilities. Pittsburgh picking at 32. They've also got number 49. Pittsburgh, we don't know if Pickett's good. Like now Mike Tom, like I trust Mike Tomlin, I guess, more than I trust Pickett. Pittsburgh never has losing seasons. But what if their quarterback situation just falls apart? Like what if they traded up? They give you 49, they give you next year's first, and then they suck. Um, you could root for that. Or what if Seattle moves up? You trade back to 37. They toss in 52. And then Geno Smith, it was an anomaly. Maybe it was just a flash in the pan. Maybe he's not good. Uh, maybe that kind of plucky defense kind of regresses. Seattle could be a, a regression candidate this year, too. Those are the two teams that I would trade trade back with into the second round. I see the vision here, Sam, about Kenny Pickett. We don't know yet what's going on with Kenny Pickett. Personally, I'm on the fence with Kenny Pickett as far as a future quarterback goes. But of all the teams I would bet on being, you know, probably sub 500, I I don't think I can bet on Mike Tomlin. Has that guy ever had a losing season? If so, what, maybe one? No. So uh, that out of all the teams, I'm not I'm not banking on that. That's not where I'm putting my money. Seattle, maybe I could see that. I see where you're going though. You have to start at least with teams that have you know multiple second and third round picks or some extra ammo, and those two teams do. Yeah, mm-hmm. Reggie's right. You can't predict the future. It's tough. I still think Arizona's picking the top three or five next year. Kyler Murray's not going to start the season healthy. I mean, that's a fact. So you just look yeah. at the roster, top to bottom. It's in rough shape. That's all.
Yep. Uh, the next time we meet, gentlemen, will be draft eve next Wednesday. So we'll get in. We'll get some official predictions from Reggie. Uh, Luke will be talking about it all this week, all next week as well. Uh, tomorrow, Luke Braun, Arif Hassan, back on the football party. Uh, we'll do some mock bets on FanDuel about the draft and uh, have a whole lot more fun here on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Comment below. Trade back. Trade up. Stay put. What do you think the Vikings should do in that first round? Let us know. Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. We're also free and available wherever you get your podcasts at Reggie Wilson TV at Luke underscore Spinman. I'm at Sam Ekstrom. Thanks so much for watching today. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on the Minnesota football party. Be blessed. Spread love. Hey, prime members. You can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon music. Download the Amazon music app today.